The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No, he didn't! Yes, he did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. Time for our weekly uh, Sam Amick game. Jason Ross, Carmichael, Dave. I'm not looking. Okay, show you my screen. Jason Ross, Christopher Lodd. Here we go. Uh, hat? Nope. You say no. Okay, hold on. All right. So Chris no. has probably seen him. Uh, Chris, have you seen him? I have to see him. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. All right, you're out. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Uh, no, Sam's been having good hair days lately. He has. Yeah. Uh, what's another one? Because glasses, glasses. Ooh, yep. good one. You say yes. Mm-hmm. It's early. I'm gonna go yes. Uh, and then finally, uh, will we hear a dog bark at any point during the segment? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with no today. You know what? Just to be, I think you're right. But just to be different, I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay. waffle here. Now you get to unveil. Right, let's, let's see. Him. Let's look. All right, Sammy. Oh! yeah. Good hair day. Good and hair glasses. Day. Yeah. All right. So I said yes. Yeah, you won that one. We tied on the glasses. Uh, he is not wearing a hat, and he just got up to do something. What was that? What did you just get up to do, Sam? Well, you talked about my dog, and then she, she must have heard you. She was at the door scratching. Oh, come on. <laughs> is she in? Is she inside now? Yeah, she's here. Okay. Well, we're hoping. She's here. She's not barking yet. Okay. Uh, I would just like to say I'm allowed to do this. Drunk neighbor John, if you're go listening and you want to go ring the doorbell, I wouldn't hate you for that. Uh, wow. Why are you trying to cause chaos here? I, <laughs> what's going on. Uh, I don't want to. Um, gosh, I, I don't know. I'm sorry, guys, because I'm going to do this. It's just It just came across the wire right now, and we're having fun and being friends and stuff. But the NBA is uh, postponing Friday's Warriors-Mavericks game oh, as yeah. well uh, after the sudden death of uh, Golden State assistant. Sam, Dejan Milosevic, am I getting that right? I believe so. I haven't heard it. I've heard a bunch of different pronunciations. <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, that's according to uh, your colleague, Sham Sharani. Uh, <laughs> Warriors-Jazz was postponed last night following the tragic passing. Now, Sam, I'm 100% putting you on the spot, and I apologize, and look, it's perfectly okay. If I, I, All I can say is this. You're in the league. You're around, and I, I'm sure you've heard the same things. I, I'm going to be really honest. I, I had not heard Dijon's name before uh, the tragedy, but w- the last 24, 36-plus hours, you know, saw Bob Myers on ESPN all choked up. You've seen this outpouring. It certainly sounds like uh, he had a very underrated, I guess is the right word, effect on a lot of players in this league. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I'm also, you know, I, I didn't know, you know, the, he was affectionately called Decky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned more about him in the past 24 hours. It's, it's awful. Um, yeah. I didn't know him, which I actually, I regret because I, I know most of the Warriors people. Um, but having learned about him, you know, Mike Brown yesterday, I went to King's practice and, and Mike obviously worked with him with the Warriors. Um, that wasn't a bark, but that yeah, was dog. I got you. That was a caller. Um, 
you know, and Mike, Mike certainly got emotional talking about yeah. how it hit him. And, and I had asked Mike, you know, just what memories come to mind that kind of best captured um, Decky and who he was as a person. And, and he, uh, he kind of smiled a little bit and talked about the fact that if you looked up big teddy bear in the, in the dictionary and, and he, he laughed, he's like, I know it's not in the dictionary, but if you did, right. You would see his face, uh, you know, a sweet guy is another word that, that Mike used to describe him. He talked about how in the NBA, um, typically you have ups and downs with everybody, right? In terms of relationships, um, you're hot, you're cold, and, and that's just how it is. And he said that, you know, with, with Decky, that was never the case. You were always good. Uh, he was he was steady. He was kind of, you know, obviously had a family. Uh, we all kind of filter it. Differently, you know, I'm the same age as as, as he was, um, and that certainly hits. Um, the Warriors, though, and you know, you see the the league's choice to to postpone a, another game. Yeah, it obviously speaks to how incredibly hard this hit their organization. Um, he, you know, they're at a team dinner, so you not only have the loss. I mean, you have a real yeah. trauma component here yeah. um, of people having, you know have unfortunately had to see what happened. Um, so awful stuff. Um, and you know, good on the league for being sensitive. And, and just a quick follow up, like, look, there's basketball and sports and there's real life. And obviously one far pales to the other. The warriors are probably the team, the biggest rivalry for the Kings take a lot of pride and, and happiness in beating them. But as a human being, obviously this takes the cake beyond anything they've ever dealt with, but my God, what a nightmare season for the war. I, I honestly, as a human feel bad for the roster and that entire organization. Yeah. I mean, you have, like you already said it, you know, appropriately there's layers to this. Yeah. A hundred percent. But it is the thought that same thought crossed my mind yesterday. Um, you mentioned Bob Myers, you go back to Bob Myers choice to, to leave. You know, I always remember, when the Warriors lost to the Lakers in the playoffs, um, I had tried to catch Clay Thompson real quickly on the way out of the locker room in LA and asked him about the prospect of Bob Myers leaving. And I'm paraphrasing, but he was just like, you know, Bob Myers is, is Warriors basketball. Like we can't lose Bob. And um, to go from that where you knew that kind of one of the guys who was part of the heart and soul of their culture was going to leave and Mike Dunleavy trying to carry the torch and um, you know, Draymond Green and all the drama that's happened since then, Steph Curry in the middle of it, trying to not only play at a, at an elite level, but to now more than ever, it's important how he uses his voice on, on trades, on, on roster stuff, on locker room stuff. It's all just overwhelming, or at least you thought it was. And yeah. then you have something like this. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah. tough. Yeah, I'm talking with Sam Amick again, no good transition here. But no. Sam, last week when we discussed um, NBA stuff and referring to Pascal Siakam, we talked about uh, the Kings and maybe Siakam's camp kind of letting the Kings and others know that, hey, look, if you trade for me, that like kind of really trying to squash that. Like I, the place I can get more money is obviously Toronto, but just maybe getting some reservations, some other teams. Well, I, I know you wrote about it. Now they've landed him in Indiana and he might make that a long-term deal. What was the draw for him and them to, to make that partnership? 
So, um, yeah, I wrote about this late last night. Um, oh, there we have a bark. Yes, yes Dave. What? Mark that in. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, wrote, wrote about it last night and, and honestly really enjoyed it. Was, it was one of those stories. I always like trying to learn about some of the, the behind-the-scenes dynamics that lead to moves and, and where people's heads were at. So on the Pacers front, um, you had Pascal and his people – essentially playing it like you said jason for maximum return on on you know revenue right um so the idea was don't let go of the rope with toronto until the very end so they did that but then you quickly learn on the indiana front that oh by the way and this is always tricky because you know league rules like you can't officially be talking about free agency already um but let's not kid ourselves these deals don't get done Unless, um, and I am. Yeah. What, what, what is, what is clicking there guy? It's, it's yeah. Apologies. No, it's okay. Um, it is, I'll try to mute it. Um, you know, they, the Pacers had a lot of things in their favor that I've now learned about. Um, number one, the money wise, it, it, you know, I'm just being real. Like it seems pretty evident that he's got a lot of confidence going into this summer that he's going to get the contract that he wants. Um, you know, number two, player wise, basketball wise, um, you know, old friend of the program, Tyrese Halliburton played a big part here. Um, I, I chatted with Tyrese a little bit yesterday. He didn't end up doing media, but we did connect and it's pretty obvious that he had a a large voice in this trade and that also that Pascal really wants to play with him. Uh, that not that it interests your audience that much, but in terms of the Pacers history, that is an interesting wrinkle because, you know, if you go back to the Paul George days, um, he was frustrated back then that the Pacers didn't give him a voice. Uh, You know, he's talked publicly about recruiting Anthony Davis and having Anthony Davis willing to come to Indiana and the Pacers front office, the same one that's in place now for the most part, essentially saying we're not going to do that and going a different direction. So Tyrese is, is, is absolutely, um, you know, kind of at the head of the table there in Indiana. The other thing, you know, Miles Turner, this has got a Kings layer to it as well. Miles is a guy who uh, in Demona Sabonis' past life, the, the, the two big men tried to figure out how to be at their best with an imperfect fit. Right. Right. Um, so that's always a thing for Turner. And Pascal has actually wanted to play with Miles for a long time and thinks that they fit really, really well. So I know I threw a lot at you and had noises coming the entire time. But uh, that's <laughs> the so, way I see it. So Sammy joining us, a lot to cover here. So you we, you now hear, the, the, no shocker, you know, Kings are in the market for a, a, a good defender. And um, they're attached to a ton of stuff. You've heard Deontay Murray. You've heard uh, Matisse Thybul, Clint Capella. Uh, now, now even Bruce Brown, who seems to perhaps be a, a candidate to be on the move. Are are you hearing similar names? Or are you? Or is there anything I'm missing that you're kind of locking into right now? Jeremy Grant being another. Yeah, Grant was the one I was going to, you know, add to your list um, with the qualifier that it, you know the, the Blazers have not signaled a real intention to move him. Yeah. Um, he, my, my feeling is that he would have to really push his way out. Um, I don't have a great sense for it. You kind of wonder if he might, like they're not competitive. He's not getting any younger. Um, and really 
you know, he's kind of there because Damian Lillard wanted him there, you know. Um, so who knows what happens on the Grant front. Kyle Kuzma is another one that I, I forget if you mentioned him. I, I, think I is, didn't. Yeah. Is, you know, a lot of history there. Um, they, they thought that that he was coming their way years ago. Um, so, yeah, they'll be active. The Bruce Brown one, you know, I, I heard that one actually talking to to Deuce Mason yesterday at King's practice and, and need to look into it. But in terms of first glance, that certainly makes a lot of sense yep. if they were able to pull something like that off. So they'll be active. Um, and I will. Ben Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know if you're serious. No, no. Well, I, no, I it's like the, run, always it's the running ben joke Simmons. with me about Ben Simmons. But honestly, I mean, who knows, right? Who knows? Yeah. He, he's yeah, who knows? I mean, stranger things have happened. I was going to say real quick not yeah. to hit the rewind button, but man, the more I learn about the the Pascal um, King situation, it's like that. I think that deal was pretty close. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, like it. It was pretty close. So, uh, in what what did it hold get held up, Sam, because of that Pascal maybe refusal to sign, or at least leaning or hinting at that? Was that a hold up? Um, I, I don't have full clarity. Um, but I mean, considering since then, the, the Intel has been that, that even though the Kings had kind of broadcasted the fact that they were out of the talks, that they were still quietly willing to do it without assurances of what would happen this summer. Um, I I don't think that was the ultimate holdup. I mean, I had somebody yesterday and again, I don't really know. Um, and this is part of the business, like somebody, they weren't mad about it, but they kind of. And it was not a Kings person to be clear. They um, they indicated that when um, Sham Sharania had reported at the time of the talks, um, when we put that out there, that that might have played a part. I mean, that's you know people get a little skittish when stuff goes public. So I don't know, but I I, I think it was very real. Do we? Well, I I, I have. I know we don't necessarily have the the framework of what was discussed, but is it safe to say you you heard Monk was a holdup, Keegan was off the table. That would lead me to think it would be Harrison Barnes, Davion Mitchell, Herder, and a combination of picks. Do you have any insight on that? Yeah, I think my my educated guess would be the way you framed it. Um, You know, Barnes, Herder, Mitchell, and then the pick package, whatever it looked like. Um, I think it's it's really you know, it's very telling about where they're at with those three guys. They're obviously very willing to come off of them. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and also telling though, again, we, we always try to extract some meaning um, from like situations like that for what does it tell you about the team? Well, you mentioned Dave, the, the level of aggressiveness on the Kings part. I mean, I think it shows how aggressive they are. Um, cause they were, it, it seems pretty clear. They were willing to say goodbye to those guys for potentially four months with Pascal Siakam. Yeah. I guess, Sam, if we're connecting the dots, then going forward for the Kings, um, I'm just trying to think, oh, I guess DeMar DeRozan is a player that's a free agent. I, I'm sure there's others, but would the Kings, if they find interest in someone else, be willing, I guess, to make that same kind of risk, not knowing they could sign a player in the future, if they do think it really will help them this year. I don't know, Jay. I mean, it's, you know, it's always, it's funny. I enjoy covering trade deadline season, but you know, you always feel like you're, and we are, we're, we're scratching the surface in terms of 
what's actually happening. So I, I would like I had somebody tell me the other day it was a head coach. I was asking him about their team and their trade situations. And he made a reference to, let me, you know, let me check the board, you know, in his office, he was being helpful. And and it got me excited. The fan part of my brain was like, Ooh, I want to see the board. Right. <laughs> right. Like every team has a real board. These are, we sit here and speculate and, and they, you know, the Kings are probably listening going, Oh God, you guys are so off. It's not even funny. You know, um, right. but that's part of it. Um, I want to qualify though, when it comes to the aggressiveness, you have, uh, you know, Anthony Slater, a friend and colleague at the athletic was just with the Kings on the road. He wrote a piece the other day about their, their kind of widespread, uh, um, affection for Keegan Murray. Right. But he actually came back from that trip painting a, a more of a, a nuanced picture where yes, the Kings are very aggressive, but they are nowhere near panic mode when it comes to the state of the team, even after the Bucks loss, even after the Suns loss, um, you know, that, that, you know, I don't know if that, I know those two things are hard to reconcile, but um, I don't think it's desperation. Uh, I think it's aggression. And there's a, a bit of a distinction there. Sam Amick with us. One of the other uh, players they were uh, at least loosely connected to is Clint Capella, the Hawks. And, I've said on the program before that that I've talked to non-Monty, because I, I want to be clear on that, members uh, uh, of the franchise before, and there are some that are convinced that ultimately one of, if not the key, is to bring in a rebounding, defensive-minded five that, that they ultimately believe Sabonis is home is at the four. I'm curious with you, um, have you ha- heard anything about that? And is that necessarily a foreign thing when it comes to, you know, we always assume it's going to be a three, it's going to be a two, but could it very well be a five and they moved uh, DeMontis over? Yeah, I could see it. I haven't heard Clint. I have wondered about Clint. Mm-hmm. He certainly seems, you know, a lot of these names that we talk about every week are just not very gettable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Clint feels very gettable. The, the Hawks are in a bit of a free fall. And, you know, open for business. It, you know, I do think that the the philosophical question of of who is best to put next to Demonis Sabonis is an extremely important one. And if they decide cleanse that guy, then then maybe something like that happens. Um, you know, it it kind of dovetails into the Miles Turner stuff that we talked about from back in the day with Indiana. You know, Jeremy Grant's a name that we've talked about for a long time is is that kind of a player the right type of guy. You know, I actually chatted with, I think this is fair to share, um, just kind of talking ball recently, but was at a game and and Doug Christie and I were talking about some historical comps, right? Like you had um, Demonis' father, Arvita Sabonis, played with Rasheed Wallace, which is an interesting pairing, you know, in that kind of a front court where you have a a really good passing big man and and Domas' dad, you know, and, and a guy like Rashid who could stretch the floor. Um, trying to think the other one that he brought up. Well, you have Jokic in Denver with Aaron Gordon. And you've right. talked for a long time, Dave, about the Kings needing their Aaron Gordon. So, so yeah, I don't know where that uh, question kind of lies or where it goes and who they get, but but that aspect is important. You know, now that we've seen a couple of moves here, Sam, I, I think there's just some – do you have some teams to watch – to make more moves like we're seeing Minnesota and OKC maybe outperform at least at the beginning of the year that they've got a good thing going, but maybe another trade helps them. And OKC has got so many assets. Um, 
you know, some of these other teams in the West that maybe we're not focusing in on, how how uh, aggressive do you think we'll see some of those guys? Top of my head, Jay, um, and this is uh, this is definitely not on the short list. I'm I'm going to unpack it so I can get to a better answer. Like Phoenix, I just wrote about them recently. They don't have many assets. I think they're an interesting trade deadline team because they have so much at stake. Um, you know, Kevin Durant, where he's at in his career, Booker, Bradley Beal, all of the above. So they are very, very, very focused on on getting some depth, getting some help. Um, so I think Phoenix is interesting. You know, my mind is a, admittedly a little focused on the sellers versus the buyers. I mean, Atlanta is, is I already mentioned them. They've got a lot going on. Um, you know, the Chicago stuff has not been resolved. Zach Levine feels like he might not go anywhere. Who am I leaving out in terms of, you know, who we talk about that would be most aggressive? Well, you got Sacramento. You had Chicago. Um, well, the Lakers are always going to at least be mentioned, right? Yeah. Well, the Lakers, I mean, I, I'm, there's been a lot happening there. Um, Warriors? I, Wizards? Yeah, I mean, Warriors is, is worth getting into. They are, uh, you know, we, we, we know the context there. Um, high level of motivation to get something done. And honestly, this is, again, just reading the room. Like, I, I'm at the point where it would not shock me to see a, a big name come up, you know, in the next couple of weeks as far as the Warriors go. Um, I don't know what that... Big name going is. out? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I just think that it's... If you could be a fly on the wall in Joe Lacob's office right now, there's no way he's not talking about everything other than trading Steph Curry. Yeah. There's just, there's no way. And it's been reported as such with the qualifier that, you know, oh, of course they love Clay, they love Draymond, they love not to, you know, part ways with them. Um, but, you know, I, I either, this is, you know, my own personal two cents in terms of my radio consuming habits, I'm either checking in with you guys. Or I'm checking in with the Bay, and man, as you know, when you when you turn on Ugh. some of that Bay radio, uh, those folks are, are are not in a good place as far as Warriors fans, and and that heat is coming down hard on on Joe and Steve Kerr, and that I think could spark something big. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, and last thing, we're out of time here, but we were t- we were talking about teams. Are you convinced that? Even if they were going to be aggressive, has this six-game win streak given us a reversal on the Utah Jazz? It was never, I don't think, that dire, that hot to begin with. Okay. Um, Larry Markin, his name, you know, understandably got pulled in. And, the, you know, I, I talked to the Jazz front office at that time, and, you know, they are – it's a Danny Ainge front office. So yeah. they will talk about trading their mother if, if it's a good conversation, <laughs> you know, like – um, that's how Danny's wired. But you're getting five draft picks if you're trading. Yes. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 It, you know, um, I mean, I reported just to give you an idea at the height of the Kyrie Irving being perceived as toxic situation, you know, with his alleged anti Semitism and that whole thing. Yeah. Like, it, like I, I was checking around the league about how teams saw him. And, and it and it was like you know Utah was like no we that'd be good we we love Kyrie you know like oh okay you know like they they consider everything all the time so no I don't think Lowry's going anywhere. Um, the, briefly, I know we got to run the Lakers and Dejounte Murray. I, I feel like 
uh, if you're handicapping, I, I could certainly see that one coming to fruition. But we'll see if, if they get it over the finish line. That's Sam Amick. Read him at the uh, Athletic. Uh, so many of our friends work over there. Uh, talking about the uh, Pacers and Pascal Siakam and the permanence of that, his latest piece, and so much more to come as we uh, barrel down the trade deadline. Sam, uh, thanks to you, thanks to your pooch. What's the dog's name again? This is Willow, your Will- friend of the show. That's right, friend of the show, Willow. Thanks so much for uh, helping me win the bet, and uh, we will <laughs> talk to you next week, friend. Thank you. All right, guys, be good. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Take care. Uh, we will take a break. Uh, when we come back for down territory, so get ready getting your HVAC checked out for free. Yeah, that's right. Free. It's my friends in American Energy Heat and Air offering a free HVAC diagnostic. That's a $99 value. They'll test your system, connections, and all the moving parts of that system to ensure it's functioning properly. You know the phrase. American Energy is making the uncomfortable comfortable. This offer only lasts... About in less than two weeks, end of the month. So call and make your appointment at 916-520-9990. 916-520-9990. And making Sacramento proud. Since 1981. It's a long time. The year Chris was born. A-plus Better Business Bureau. AmericanEnergyAir.com, AmericanEnergyAir.com, or 916-520-9990 for your free HVAC diagnostic. A $99 value expires at the end of the month. Tom Carmichael, Dave sent you. Four Down Territory coming up next. Jason Ross. He has a lot of pretty smart things to, to say. He's good at what he does. On Sacktown Sports. Snacking on Jason. It's a little breakfast burrito over there. Look at you. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, you don't usually bring breakfast burritos to. I don't. Homemade. Yeah, homemade. No, no, not homemade. Oh, oh. It was a Costco trip yesterday, and I went, oh, yeah, I'll give those a whirl. Costco, where you go to save money and you end up spending five hundred dollars. You know what? It was a first for me. I felt, I felt uh, heroic. I got out of there less than a hundred. You did not. Which is a miracle. That honestly is yeah, five what, items. Now I, I'm a Sam's Club guy. Um, do they have the thing at Costco? Because my favorite thing about going to Sam, I'll go with my wife. She, I'm not allowed to touch anything because I'm like TVs. She's like, no. But they have on the app the little uh, scan, so you can scan on your phone the stuff that you put in the cart, and then you can just roll right out when you're done. You just pay off your phone. Oh, I, if they do, I do not use. If they that. do, trust me, it's so fun to scan stuff. And then you put it in the cart, and then all you got to do is swipe and pay, and then you just go through, and they like look at your receipt and like check it because it's where you know, do you get the receipt? Oh, from your phone. From your phone, yeah. it's a barcode, and they got scan it. it, and then they like they'll do like a spot check to make yeah. sure you weren't like shoplifting sure. stuff, and then uh, and then you're out. You don't have to wait in the big long line. 
And oh, man, I'm out of cash. thing is, though, is occasionally we'll be on, like, the fifth aisle and I look down. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God, $180. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm out of cash. We've just begun. Yeah, well, that's a lot of toilet paper. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, anyways, Fortnite territory time, if you would, please, Christopher Lodd. I would. Uh-huh. First down. Is Jerry Jones making the right move by bringing back Mike McCarthy? This is such a waffle-ass answer here, but time will tell. Look, right. 36 wins in three years is pretty damn good, but they're not getting over it in the playoffs. Personally, I would have thanked Mike for his uh, his service, and I would have brought in, if I could, a huge... I would have brought in a Belichick. I would have made... You know, I would have called uh, uh, Mike Tomlin just to do it. And if if there's the ability to do that, then, then great. Yeah. But we'll see. Time will tell because if they turn around and, you know, they could be having a conversation, sure, I'm glad we stuck with Mike. I honestly don't think Mike McCarthy's a bad coach. I don't either. But um, this is going to bring up way more scrutiny. I think the easier thing, which is honestly surprising, I think it would have been to remove him, like you said, and today have a press conference for Belichick, Harbaugh, Pete Carroll, Mike Tom, like pick your name where it would have been. Oh, wow, the Cowboys are making a bold move. And you know what? They could have lost in the first round again next year. I mean, it's it's, it's an inexact science. Um, I think McCarthy's better than a lot of coaches, yeah. but uh, they're leaving themselves wide open for scrutiny. Yeah, which Jerry Jones doesn't have an issue with. Yeah. Second, dear. The point spread for Saturday's Packers and 49ers game is San Francisco by nine. Too little, too much, or just right? I'm, I want to be clear that I'm answering this purely as a radio host and not as a 49er fan. I'm removing all 49er faniness from me, and uh, I'm so therefore I cannot be responsible for any karmic issues that happen. I actually think it's a couple points low. I mean, honestly, when you look at the performance, when you look at the Packers, and granted, the, the Packers have gotten red hot, but you have to ask the question. Was that win, how much of that was the Packers and how much of that was the Cowboys, if you will? And you look at how they finished it. The, the, the big, you know, bright finish they had towards the end of the year. They beat the Panthers by three. They beat the Vikings, who were on their, like, 12th quarterback, and they beat the Bears at home. Uh, prior to that, they got boat raced by the Bucks and they lost to the New York Giants. So... On paper, to me, this is like a, and we'll get into this tomorrow, but, you know, this is like a 38-13, mm-hmm. just being an NFL fan, yeah. it's like a 38-13 win for the Niners. As a Niner fan, my God, is that a high point spread? Should be more like pick them. Maybe <laughs> Niners one and a half. Yeah. Um, I think it's a tad too low as well because, you know, Vegas does this to try to get people to bet. I feel like 10 would make everybody go. Yeah. Do I want to bet on the 10? Yeah. They need to be a touchdown and a field goal, and then a, one more point better than them. Nine feels like, oh, yeah, money goes to the Niners to me on that. Just So I feel like it's actually just a point too low. Yeah, I think we're about right. We're yeah. on the same page there. But honestly, way too high. Jeez, it's a playoff. Every single thing that every fan does at home or at the stadium makes a direct impact in the game. Let's kick it. Yeah. Third down. The Falcons have interviewed both Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick. Is Atlanta a great job? I'm still laughing that they've also done like a big Twitter graphic. So interviewed Jim Harbaugh. Like I've never seen that before. That's a respectable job. I actually like Arthur Blank, uh, the owner of the Falcons. 
You don't want to say his name. Uh, it's a bad one. <laughs> really? <laughs> like half laughing at your joke and I'm half laughing at him. Um, I think he's a good owner. I think he's a guy that generally will support his coaches. No, I don't think it's one of the better. It's not like Atlanta's teaming with all this crazy yeah. talent. But it, to get those two, that's high profile. I agree. If I'm Harbaugh and I'm Belichick, I probably have my pick of the litter. And uh, we still aren't done yet. Yeah. Is it a great job? No. Is it uh I feel like it's an open division at the moment, but no great quarterback? Eh. No. No. Uh, not, no. Eh, no. 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 Nah. We agree. All right. Fourth down, please. If the Chiefs win another Super Bowl... What would that do for the legacies of Mahomes, Kelsey, and Reed? And Taylor Um, I mean, extend their already amazing legacies to even better. Look, Patrick Mahomes is on pace to challenge Tom Brady. But, you know, there's ways to go there. Um, I don't know how many years Travis Kelsey has left, but I put the over-under one and a half, maybe two and a half. Uh... It'd help Reed. Not that he needs it. He's got a couple, but yeah, I, he started getting that third. Now you're like, getting man. up in that upper echelon. Three Super Bowl championships. Uh, you know, racking almost up wins. with Philly, uh, yeah. ra- racking up the wins. Uh, I, I, I think I think right now, well, let's put it this way. They're all three first ballot Hall of Famers. Yeah, I mean, if Mahomes got a third with one Super Bowl loss, too, yeah. and knowing how much career is left, I, I mean, the the... Obviously, the goat conversations are already happening. Yes, and it's going to get a lot louder. Yeah, a lot louder goat bleating, yeah. if you will, bleating. Yeah. Did you just gild my lily? I gilded. I gilded it. I gilded it. All right. Well, uh, we'll take a break here. When we come back, Niners at nine. We're going to go back and look at some of these past matchups. Uh, but first, yeah. Who's hot? Who's not? We got a three in the key for tonight, Kings Pacers. And Jason. Yeah. And Chris. I've got NBA trivia for you. Oh. I've got NBA trivia that a listener provided. Oh, I like trivia. And I actually like this is this is a fun one. How do you think we're gonna do? Is it one question? It is one question. Uh it's one question with multiple answers required. Hmm. And uh, I think you guys are actually gonna get it. I think it'll take a second, but I think you'll process through and you'll You'll do quite well. So we'll take a break. Everybody can play along at home. We'll do that when we come back. And uh, as we drive towards the end of the program, just an hour and 15 minutes left. And as you know, we drive in our brand new Hoblet vehicles because, my goodness, it's the Start Something New sales event. Chrysler's bringing to Hoblet Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram in Woodland. The end of the era. The Charger and Challengers are no more. The gas-powered edition. See you. So last chance to get your hands on some American muscle with that iconic V8 power. Now's the time uh, to buy because you get $7,000 off MSRP and 0% financing for 72 months on new 2023 Dodge Charger SXTs and Challenger GTs. Yeah, you don't want to see the end of an era, but look, when they're gone, they're gone. See the full selection when you search, select, and save at HobbitDodge.com. Unbeatable prices, unbeatable selection. Nobody beats Hoblet, period. Who's hot, who's not? NBA Trivia 3 in the key all coming up next. 
What's hot? Yeah, hot. Real hot. And what's not? It's not good. Brought to you by American Energy Heating and Air, Sacramento's complete heating and cooling company, and second opinion partner. Dare I ask? You can. Who's hot? Sorry, I gotta get the uh, YouTube up real quick. Ooh, and how do you do that, Chris? <laughs> Ew. Whispering it's here. Jamal Sheehan from Houston basketball. What did he do? Cougars. What did he do? Yeah. He's 29 and 10 last night in the game. But let me tell you a little bit more about his numbers. Do. He's the only Division One player in the last 25 years to score 25 plus points. Dish out 10 assists or more, shoot 75% from the field, shoot 60% from the three, and shoot 100% from the line. That all happened last night. Wow. That's pretty good. That makes him hot. Can I give you a bonus who's hot? Because it just came across the time, uh, the, the, the bottom line. Yeah. Good. The Boston Celtics at home. Ah, still perfect. 20 and 0. Closest to losing when the Pistons had That's him a there. respectable job. Yeah. Pistons had him too, man. Remember uh, what was it? it? Was one of those '80s Celtics teams? It was forty and one. The, yeah, they were forty and one at home. Interesting. Have we ever had an undefeated home record? Kings. Oh, that's right. Back in nineteen ninety-one. Who's not? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. He yeah. yesterday. He's tied for the worst playoff win percentage in NFL history with players playing more than five games. He's got a 286 winning percentage going Oof. two and five. He's tied with Alex Smith and Billy Kilmer. Oh. Oof. Um just I'm curious, what is uh what is Tony Ramos? Because Tony played in six games in the playoffs. What did he do? I feel like why do I feel like he lost all of them? I know he did. Oh, no, he didn't. He, I think he has two wins. So two and four is better than two and five. But wow, combined four and nine for your two big franchise quarterbacks, not named Troy Aikman or Danny White or Roger Staubach. God, I really wanted to see how the rest of that play would have worked out for Zeke Elliott last year. <laughs> Zeke Elliott off. Holding guard! <laughs> I want to see that play in practice and when it worked. Okay, remember when we ran this? Yeah, it was when everybody was in shorts and nobody was trying. <laughs> nobody was in shape. Yeah. It was 104 outside. Everyone was done running. All right. Trivia time. Tony Romo had a .333 record. Mm, okay. Much better. Well, that was NFL far better. Remember when he messed up the hold against the CEO? I do. It was funny. All right, this is courtesy of, uh, I don't know who, is, well, who he is, but um, one of our uh, longtime texters. You believe uh, the question is accurate? I do. I, t- I checked it. Okay. And there's only there's a question that there might be an extra one we're missing, but we'll, we'll, that'll make sense later. So things I think about at 3 a.m. There are four teams in the NBA that don't come right out and tell us what city they play in. Golden State. Golden State is one. Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers are two. Minnesota Timberwolves. That is three. Utah. That is four. So the question is, you guys nailed it. The question is this. Do the Washington Wizards count? 
Because that's what he and I were kind of going back and forth with. Because, well, they're in Washington, right? They're in Maryland. Are they? I think. Unless they moved, I thought they were in in DC. Yeah, they're in DC. Yeah, they're in downtown DC. Yeah, they are. There's talk about a new arena that would be. Yeah. Oh well, if they're actually in, yeah, they play in the Chinatown neighborhood of Washington DC. You're right. Okay, so they do not count. All right. The guys... former Pistons, wouldn't that be? Because they were in Auburn yeah, Hills. Yeah, they were in Auburn Hills. Well, that's the thing. Like, we started getting into suburbs. Like, was, is Dallas in Dallas, or are they still in, like, oh, no, that's the Rangers or in Arlington. There's got to be another team that plays in a suburb. But 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 the team name says the city on of it. Of those four, which one would make the most sense to change? I think the Golden State yeah, Warriors. San Francisco. Dumb. Especially now that they're San Francisco. Like Minnesota, I get because there's no other basketball team in Minnesota. Also, I'm guessing it's because they're close to St. Paul and Minneapolis. What? Right? Huh. St. Paul Wolves. Oh, yeah, Minneapolis or Wolves. Wolves. Salt Lake Jazz. I mean, again, there's <laughs> no, that's the thing. Though, there's no other basketball teams in Utah. Those make sense to me. What was the fourth? Uh, Utah, Indiana. Oh, Indiana. Minnesota, yeah, and same thing in Indiana. But Indianapolis, in, but it, right. But in California, there's, there's, what, there's four basketball there's teams. Only one basketball team in Louisiana. Louisiana Pelicans? I wouldn't hate Actually, that. Actually, I would like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't hate that. Lupel. Lupel. You guys got that trivia question a little easy. A little surprisingly easy. I, 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 I know I've asked you this before, but let's just see how well you do memory wise. Because, again, audience is playing along. Rise guys get credit for this one. In 1977. I'm out. There were. One, two. There were a total of four rookies of the year awarded in baseball, basketball, and football. Three of the four rookies of the year. NLAL and then basketball and football. Three of the four rookies of the year had the initials AD. Can you name them? And you know all these names. Do I? Yeah. You I do. know all the names. You do. Adrian Dantley. Correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't know Adrian Dantley? No, I've never heard of Adrian Dantley in my life. Are you serious? <laughs> what? The 1977. I don't even know what sport you're talking about. Basketball. Adrian Dantley is one of the greatest. Baseball, NBA. football, basketball, right? Yeah, so it's ba- so you got the basketball one. That's- Andre Dawkins. Andre Dawson? Dawson. <laughs> is that right? That's correct. This is the these are the two that everybody always gets. This is, this is a tricky know, one. I know the trick one from football. Well, that's the third one. But I don't know. Oh, there's only three. There's only three. Oh, or four. Adrian Dieterson, Anthony Dorsett, Anthony, better known as Tony Dorsett. Yeah. I'm shook that Chris did not know Adrian <laughs> Dantley, and also though said Andre Dawkins. I mean, I get it. Close. Because they called him the Hawk. The Hawk. Yeah. Because oh, Andre 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 Dawkins. <laughs> Daryl's brother. I really am. I, we got to do, you know what? Adrian Dantley's still with us, isn't he? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. he should be. One of the great scorers in NBA history. One of the great scorers. I bet. Okay, let's look him up. Uh, where is he in the top uh, 30? Oh, God. I'm going to say he's like 18. It's a guess. I'm going to give you, I think I think you're right. I think he's a top. There's people, Pat, like Westbrook. and I saw a graphic the other day, like Westbrook. Harden, they're in the top. You know, they're all moving up here. We've had KD and others mm-hmm. move up. So, I, I I don't know. I'll put him in the top 20. Two-time NBA scoring champ. His last game was when I was six. 
Well, yeah, and the Beatles, you know, come on, we know our history. It's not like you're like, oh, George Washington, who's that? That wasn't alive. Who who has brought up? This is the first time I've ever heard Andre. Sorry, Dawson. No, Adrian. Adrian Dantley brought up. I'm not saying you're here. wrong necessarily, but I was surprised. You know who Fat Lever is? He used to call the games. Well, okay. He Sit- cursed on a game-winning call. Yes, he did. <laughs> he also had, well, actually it was a caller he used. Don't do that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm talking yes. about. <laughs> Still the funniest thing <laughs> ever uttered on this station. Uh, well, okay, it's in the t- it's Mount Rushmore. Yeah. He played for the Buffalo Braves? Uh, that's when he started. Oh, okay. Yeah. Six time all. Do you know who Wilt Chamberlain is? Do you know who Bill Russell is? You know, I mean, you know historical players. Yeah, like the people that they retire their numbers for the every single team. He he his numbers retired for the Jazz. Mr. Basketball USA in seventy three. He's a six time all star. Comeback player of the year in eighty four. Indeed, Adrian Dantley. Not dude. One, two, three, four consecutive seasons, he averaged above 30 points a game. Chris, I think you should know these things. <clears throat> All right. Did you look up, I'm going to look up NBL. Oh, I'm one. sorry. No, I didn't. Are you doing that? Yeah. Okay. And then we got to get the three in the key. Let's see where he is. Frank says, I was such a big fan of Adrian Dantley that when they traded him for Mark Aguirre, I was very, very sad. Eh? Mark Aguirre played for the A's. We all know that. <laughs> oh, he's not in the top 20. You're so stupid. Adrian Dantley would fit in really well on the Kings. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I mean, not now. Why not? Um, well, I mean, he might struggle. You, you st- did you find it? He's yet? not in the top okay. 25. Really? Uh, huh. <laughs> do we have time for three in the key? Or do Quickly. we have, Okay, three in the key. Brought to you by Adrian Dantley. We're now an Adrian Dantley hive. Yeah, we are. We will have no disrespect. A, the original, by the way, the original AD. Good point. They right didn't there. even call athletic directors ADs until Adrian <laughs> Dantley came along. Uh, three in the key, Jason Ross. What okay. are we doing here? Uh, for tonight, because he's playing his former team, DeMontis Sabonis. We want a stat line points, rebounds, assists. DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, give me. Wait, hold on. Who's the starting center for them? Why Miles. I... Oh, Miles Turner. Turner. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis will have, uh, give me 18, 13, and 8. Oh, wow. I'm close with you. 16, 11, and 8. Chris? Brown. 14, 12, 11. Oh, it tripped up. Okay, Dave, uh, since he's playing his former team, Buddy healed mm. points and made three-pointers. Uh, four three-pointers, 14 points. Oh, man. What? Is that? I have exactly the same. Okay. So we're going to be right, there 14 and four. Uh, seven and three. Uh, seven and two. Okay. Uh, seven three-pointers, <laughs> only two points? That's weird. Uh, Dave, random stat. I want it to be, oh, um, Buddy Healed will also have three turnovers. And, and I don't get it unless I nail it. Because I know that's kind of a weird one. Yeah, it's got to be right on. It's got to be right on. That's the rule. Okay. At least three turnovers. Um, he had zero technicals going into that classic game he got tossed. He's just going to get one. Mike Brown. Wow. Yeah. You're just emptying his pockets. I am. No, just a tee. 
Just not getting tossed. Just a tease. Just a technical. Chris? There will be video of Tyrese Halliburton crying. <laughs> That's not a random Tears stat. will be coming That's from like his you eyes. Let, you point. wouldn't let me do the DeMontis thing. That's <laughs> that's not a random stat. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Niners at nine, the tenth playoff matchup ever between the Niners and Green Bay Packers. We'll talk about that. New York.